Don't miss out on the latest news and events in your community. Visit StarLocalMedia.com today. Sign up for our newsletter and stay informed on all the latest stories affecting your neighborhood. And if you're a local business owner, let us help you reach your target audience with our effective advertising solutions. Visit StarLocalMedia.com and take the first step towards staying connected to your community. Today's episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast is brought to you by Poor Richard's Cafe and Star Local Media. Poor Richard's Cafe, Plano's oldest restaurant since 1973. They are open daily from 5.30 a.m. to 2.30 p.m., serving the three most important meals of the day, breakfast, lunch, and dessert. It is true Texas homestyle cooking made with love and grit at his Poor Richard's Cafe, located off of Avenue K in Plano. Welcome to another episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast. My name is Matt Welch. I'm the sports editor of Star Local Media, and I am being joined by Brian Murphy and Justin Thomas. Uh, gentlemen, we have one more night left in the regular season for high school softball. And as is usually the case, that means that everything from district championships to playoff berths could very well be on the line. Uh, Thursday night, because of Good Friday, all of the action has been shifted to Thursday night. So, uh, yeah, it's a chance for us to uh, kind of set the stage for what figures to be a pretty wild and crazy final night of the high school softball regular season we're going to uh we're going to go district by district and just kind of touch on what um i guess what some of the notable subplots are heading into this final night um we'll start with 6a take a little break come back and talk some 5a um so uh yeah justin let's begin over in your neck of the woods over there in denton county with district 66a right now i guess um as far as teams that are i guess mathematically still alive for a playoff berth or do we know the four playoff teams we do okay so i wasn't sure if Louisville. You were mentioning a wild and crazy last night, but probably not going to be the case in 6-6-A mm. because not only do we knew, know the four playoff teams, we pretty much, assuming there's not one shocker on mm-hmm. Thursday, we pretty much know the first-round playoff matchups as well. Okay. Um, so Flower Mound in first place, 12-1. and one. Marcus is in second, and 11-2. and two. Heber in third, 8-5. and five. Coppell fourth, 7-6. and six. And Louisville fifth, 6-7. and seven. But Coppell already swept Louisville. Okay, so that's what I was the, wondering. They already yeah. have the tiebreaker there. So those four teams are all in the playoffs. Um, Flower Mound and Marcus played on Monday, a game that was supposed to be on Saturday, but got rained out. Mm-hmm. And uh, Flower Mound got them 14-9, so that earned a season split of the series, puts Flower Mound one game up, and the Jags, Lady Jags close with MacArthur. They're only 3-10. and 10. So assuming okay. they take care of business against MacArthur, they'll lock up their ninth consecutive district title. Marcus will settle for second. Hebron will, um, Hebron's only a game up on Coppell, but they play Irving, hasn't won a game in district yet. Okay. So you can pretty much pencil them in for third. They, I think, actually, they did sw- sweep Coppell anyway, so they are in third, and mm. Coppell's in fourth. And like I said, we if you want to get into the possible playoff matchups right now, we can. Yeah, but, why not? Uh, Should be some pretty entertaining softball yes. between those two districts. <laughs> yeah, so Flower Mound is going to draw South Lake Carroll. Marcus is going to draw Denton Geyer, who finished third. Hebron will get uh, Byron Nelson Eaton, their ranked, or trophy club. Or, Northwest. Me, Northwest <laughs> Eaton. <laughs> Northwest ISD. Uh, Northwest Eaton, they're ranked sixth in the state. And then Coppell will have the unenviable draw of Keller, ranked number two Ooh. in the state. Um, so yeah, those five six A and six six A are pretty much already shaken out. Mm-hmm. Um, Talk about just the the the, uh, the dynamic between Flower Mound and Marcus because those are two that have clearly separated themselves from the yeah. pack um, and they split. Now, wasn't the the first meeting like a really low scoring game? Or? No, it wasn't low scoring. Oh. It, I think it was 
nine to five maybe okay. or something. All yeah, right. so not low scoring, but one of those. It's a weird district. Flower Mound beats Marcus fourteen to nine mm-hmm. on Monday, and then comes back on Tuesday and beats Capel one to zero. So, oh, <laughs> um, but yeah, t- definitely those two teams have kind of separated themselves at the cream of th- as the cream of the crop, and you know, pretty couple printer entertaining games mm-hmm. when, that they played, but. Um, I wouldn't say like okay. I wanted to touch on Coppell because they've had a crazy season. Sure. So they go seven and six. They have six losses. Four of them have been by one run. That sounds like a team that would fit in right just fine in nine six eight. Four losses by one run. There are only two losses mm. that weren't by one run. They lost by two runs on a walk off two run homer and by four runs on a grand slam in the top of the ninth inning. So they have four one run losses, two of which they were leading going into the last inning. Mm. So they're literally like. They could almost be undefeated. You know, their six <laughs> losses are by ten runs. The two that yeah. weren't one-run games were walk-off homers that you know could have been one-run games if there wasn't people on base. So, um, not your average four seed there. They got to be kind of kicking themselves a little, you know, not getting up in third or second and having to play Keller in the first round. But yeah. pretty strong little fourth-place team there when, when you look at the Cowgirls and mm-hmm. what they've done and how how competitive they've been against the top teams. You know, losing to Flyer Mountain one run twice, mm-hmm. losing w- late ninth inning to Marcus, stuff like that. And then you have Hebron, who's kind of been pretty competitive too. Just couldn't get up and catch that Marcus, but they've pro- been slotted in third as well. They'll play, a, obviously, a tough draw against Eaton. Yeah. And then you have Marcus. They'll get a Geyer team that beat Hebron in the first round last year. So um, pretty... Both these districts seem pretty quality. It should be a good first-round action there. Over in District 9-6A, um, we at least know who the uh, the playoff picture finally crystallized a little bit last night. We know who the top three seeds are going to be. You've played a West, still undefeated in the district. They are 11-0. They are the one seed. They have that locked in. Um, Prosper, two seed at 8-3. Then you have Plano Senior, which clinched a playoff berth last night in very, very just crazy, crazy fashion over McKinney Boyd. Plano Senior will be the three seed at 6-5. and five. And then that's where things get kind of crazy because we have three teams that are in the mix for that last playoff spot and they are separated by half a game in the standings. You have uh, Plano East in fourth place at five and seven and then Allen and McKinney Boyd are still alive. They are tied for fifth at four and seven. Um, so to kind of set the stage for what that means now heading into uh, into Thursday night, you have Plano East is five and seven. They have a bye, so they're done. Um, they, uh, you know, Plano East very well could have you know helped its cause. Um, you know, I mean, it looked like East was starting to kind of, East has just been a tough team to figure out this season. They were starting to round into form late, got a couple extra innings wins over Allen and then Plano Senior, but then they turn right around and um, lose to uh, you know last place McKinney, and then last night they were going blow for blow with Plano West, um, and then West gets a grand slam and pulls away late. Um, so East is now, you know, they're still in the hunt, you know, obviously, but you know, they at least do have that half game lead over Allen and Boyd, but nevertheless could have very well locked this thing up last week at some point. Um, so yeah, you have Plano East has the bye, and then you have McKinney, uh, McKinney Boyd, I should say, which plays its rival, McKinney, last place team. Boyd run ruled them 11-0 the first meeting, so you would assume that they're in fairly good shape heading into that rematch. Now, we'll see. Rivalry, rivalry things can happen. Um, but then you have Allen, who has the unenviable draw of playing against first place Plano West, a West team that, like I said, 11-0, got the top seed locked up, but they are very much locked in on trying to go undefeated in districts, so they are not going to take their foot off the gas for that game, so um, yes, not a uh, not an easy draw for Allen, so um, there is a scenario, obviously, where if both Boyd and Allen win, that you would get a three-way tie, maybe get a nice little seeding tournament or whatever out of it, but if I'm a, uh, if I'm a betting man, I'm banking on a uh, potential play-in game between Plano East and McKinney Boyd. Who wins um, that game? 
It's tough because playing the East, it feels like, is the more complete team, but McKinney Boyd has maybe the best pitcher in the entire state in Kinsey Cackley, who, having seen her you know, against Plano last night, having seen her firsthand for the very first time all season, uh, the hype is most certainly real. She is an absolutely terrifying pitcher. <laughs> she struck out, uh, even though Boyd lost due to just some craziness that happened in the uh, in the seventh inning, um, Cackley still had 18 strikeouts against Plano, which coupled with um, their, uh, their first meeting, as is just for a sidetrack, just a random stat. So Plano and Boyd have played twice this season. Cackley has totaled, I want to say, 49 strikeouts against Plano, which I know you're thinking at first glance, wait, how's that even possible? (laughs) Um, Because Plano and Boyd had a 14-inning game their first meeting, and Cackley racked up 31 strikeouts in that game. She's, yeah, I mean, some of the, like, I don't know, I mean, at some point, like, I don't know what the state, the single season state record is for, uh, you know, just strikeouts over the course of a a regular season, but she is just... That's got to be a game record. And didn't they lose both games? Boyd. Um, Boyd won the first meeting, and then so yeah, Plano and Boyd split. So, and yeah, and that's the thing is that East Allen and Boyd have all split head to head. So it's not like <coughs> if they finish tied that you'd be able to parse through anything as far as uh, you know head to head goes for figuring out who should finish where. So yeah, I mean, still plenty of uh, plenty of theatrics in store on Thursday night. But um, yeah, I think that the odds would at least favor a uh, an East uh, Boyd playing game. As far as who wins, I mean, East got him last time one zero. Um, but that's the thing. If Boyd gets anything, if they get any runs whatsoever, it feels like two runs is sometimes all it takes with as good as Cackley can throw. She's already no-hit East once this season. So, um, you know, they've split both matchups. We're kind of, kind of the same type of game, but I don't know. It's just in a one-game scenario, it is really tough to go against the team that has the better pitcher. But yes, that is the uh, at least what is at stake out in District 96A. Um, over in 106A, let's see, it looks like things are pretty. Let's see. So you have Wiley, first place at uh, 13 and 0. Uh, they're locked in as the one seed. That's going to be an absolute. That's whoever, whoever ends up getting that four seed out of the 96A, that's who they're going to have to play, and that's just going to be an absolute bear of a first round matchup. Uh, Saxe is locked in at the two seed at 11 and 2. Uh, Garland is the three seed at 9 and 4. And then you have one game separating Rowlett and Naaman Forrest. Uh, Rowlett is in fourth place at seven and six. Naaman at six and seven. Um, they split head to head. Rowlett and Naaman. Um, but as far as you know, you could have another potential playing game scenario there because Rowlett plays rival Saxe, second place on um, on Thursday. Naaman Forrest gets a Lakeview Centennial team that they hung twenty one runs on in the first meeting. So you know, if form holds, you could very well get Rowlett and Naaman Forrest battling for that last playoff spot and the right to play Plano West in the first round. Um, let's see then over in District 11 6A. That one is, uh, that one, hey, you know what? That one's cut and dry. Um, let's see, as far as the schools that pertain to our markets, uh, Mesquite ISD will have one representative in the playoffs out of that district. That one became official last night, actually, with, um, with Mesquite Horn locking up the last playoff spot out of that district with a uh, 10-4 victory over rival North Mesquite. Uh, North Mesquite, who trails them by just one game in the standings, but you know by clinching head-to-head last night, that gives the Lady Jaguars the edge for that last playoff spot. Um, Horn did so with a with a nice little six run rally in the bottom of the fifth for the uh, for the six run victory. So, yeah, that's a look at at least kind of where things stand over in uh, over in Class Six A. There's much more drama going on though in Five A, especially in the All Frisco District, which we will get to in a moment. Today's podcast is brought to you by Star Local Media. 14 newspapers and websites with a print distribution of 270,000 homes and monthly page views of 600,000 online. Star Local Media, your community voice for news. And now, let's get back to the podcast. 
And with that, let's just transition right into some talk about Class 5A analyst. What's uh, what is at stake heading into the final night of the regular season over in that neck of the woods? Um, you know, we just talked about Little Elm, so we can just quickly catch up on District 85A. Um, not a ton of drama there. Everything's pretty much set as far as at least our local programs are concerned. You know, on the one hand, you've got a team like Lake Dallas that is still just scraping and clawing for that first district win, but you have the Colony and Little Elm, both of whom are locked into their respective seeds. The Colony, 11 0. They will be the one seed out of that district, two games ahead of Little Elm, 9 and 2 for the two seed. We can quickly talk about those two since you guys obviously have seen those programs throughout this season. Um, there's, two, there's two games separating them, but head to head, you know, obviously not a ton of difference between these two teams, both very, very competitive games. How are we feeling about the Lady Cougars and the Lady Lobos heading into the playoffs, gentlemen? I Good. feel like, well, I, I, know, I know the Colony's in, in great shape right now, just rolling through everybody. Uh, the only team to hand Little Elm that's two losses in district. Little Elm was rolling up until last night when they played Denton Ryan. They were blowing out every, every team they faced except for the Colony. And then they run into Ryan, a team that they beat early in the year, five to nothing, pretty handily. And uh, they're up six nothing, and you know I'm I'm sitting in there in the, in the press box, and I you know some, some of us are muttering, oh maybe a run rule possibly, you know six runs two innings, it, it could happen. Little Elms run rule, you know quite a few teams already, Lake Dallas, Broswell, uh, Northwest already this year, and uh, Denton Ryan comes storming back. Mm-hmm. You know they had double digit hits in this game, they out hit Little Elms in this game. It was just some costly errors in the first couple innings, uh, but then Savannah Phillips, I believe is her name for Denton Ryan, she hits an inside the park three run home run in the fourth wow. inning to make it six to five. And we're just sitting there like, okay. You know, I've, I've never seen Lauren Lucas get rattled like this in a, at least this season in a district game. Uh, you know, multiple uh, double-digit hits, home runs, you know, just just base runners galore. And here they are at six to five, and then they just kind of buckle down, buckle down from there. Uh, Izzy Fielder made a terrific catch the following inning uh, to save. It would have been at least a double. She, you know, she's got to be five foot th- four. She jumps up from third base, snags the snags the line drive, and a couple other you know spectacular defensive plays there. And that's exactly a, a game like that is exactly what Little Elm needed. You know, heading into the playoffs because mm-hmm. they weren't really minus those losses to the Colony. They weren't really battle tested. You know, it was it was kind of obvious after all these blowouts they've been having in district and. They had a, they hung on for a nail biter against Denton Ryan, and that's that's exactly what they needed going into the playoffs. Yeah, because it is one thing in this district when you have two teams that are so clearly far and above the others, like the Colony and Little Elm, where really the only competitive games you might play on paper are against each other. So mm-hmm. it is nice to get an occasional test elsewhere just to remind you of what that feels like. The Colony did have a one-run win over Denton this mm-hmm. year, so Denton gave them a g- yep. game earlier. But yeah, like you said, outside of that, they they cruise pretty good. Uh, they're ranked six in the state now. They only have nah, two losses. Much more like it. Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait. Do you remember at the beginning of the year, the colony was not even ranked. Exactly. And they even had like ten honorable mentions or yeah. whatever, and none of them were the colony. I don't know how they determine those. Yeah, I don't rankings, know how they determine. I, th- I remember two years ago when they yeah. won. Those state rankings aren't given. They're earned. Yeah, they weren't. Yeah. They weren't even ranked till like they made the state tournament like mm-hmm. last two years ago, and then they won. Um, yeah, you win the state tournament, have the best player in the state, and other great players, and yeah, you're still not ranked. To start yeah. the year. So they only have two losses on the year. They lost to Hallsville, who's ranked 16th in 5A, and they lost to McKin- 6A team McKinney Boyd that we that you mentioned earlier in the playoff hunt there in that strong district. So, um, And then outside of Little Elm in that one game against Denton, they've just rolled in district. Um, 
Carly Charles is having an awesome season in the circle. Heading into uh, this week's action, she was fourth in the area in wins with 23, fifth in ERA at 1.12, and fourth in strikeouts mm -hmm. with 172. Um, you mentioned the best player in the state. It's probably Jada Coleman. She's might be the best player in the whole country. <laughs> She's only hitting 716 this season. <laughs> <laughs> only. <laughs> with a, a lead the area with 38 stolen bases. Um, Texas, she's an Oklahoma commit. That's um, right. Texas Tech commit, fellow junior J.C. Hamlin. She's hitting 569 with 27 steals. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they have a dominant pitcher. They have a really good lineup. And they're doing all this without Madison Hirsch. She's a Kansas senior mm -hmm. signee. Two years ago when they went to state, she hit 18 homers. <laughs> so they've done this all year without probably, maybe, I'm not going to say their best hitter, but certainly probably their best power hitter. Oh, yeah, I think that's um, a fair statement. They're hoping if they can win a couple playoff rounds that they might be able to get her back from her injury. Maybe down the road in the postseason, mm -hmm. she's um, getting to cast off on Wednesday. So we'll see how okay. that plays Who'd out. Who did they lose to last year? Forney? Forney. Forney ah, in the okay. second, they played everyone in the lost second the round, yeah. 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 Literally they everyone had, had a tie and run in scoring position in, in the second game and got thrown out on the basis for the final out. Mm. So, you know, they were right there with Forney last year. Um, so, yeah, they're definitely looking pretty good and primed to get past the second round this okay. year. Over in 9-5-A. Remember yeah, last yeah. year they didn't actually win the district. That's why they had to get Forney. Yeah, yeah, so they, had a tougher they got Forney in the So they won't have round. to deal with the Forney until the Not regional until later, tournament. Yeah. Yeah. Over in 9-5-A, Brian. This is, My head's going to explode. This is where it gets <laughs> juicy. It, it seems impossible to fathom that you can play 17 games in a district and have nothing resolved heading into the final night of the, <laughs> of the district schedule. Like, literally, 1-seed, 2-seed, 3-seed, 4-seed, nothing is decided. No. no. You have Frisco Centennial and Independence tied for first place right now at 14-3, and three, and then you have a three-way tie for third place between Reedy, Wakeland, and Lone Star at 12-5. and five. Literally, everything is up for grabs heading into this. And all of these night. teams have beaten each other at some point. Like Lone Star's 12-5. and five. They just beat Centennial last week when they were rolling. Independence has lost. To, they're just It's just a madhouse. So Centennial and Independence, they're both 14-3. and three. And what do you know? They play each other tomorrow night for the district title. How poetic. And uh, that's where definitely where I'll be uh, at Independence Thursday night. Mm -hmm. uh, Reedy, they're 12-5. and five. They're in that log jam with Lone Star and Wakeland. They play Heritage. They're 7-10, and 10, but Heritage they're playing some really good ball right now. They're they're not a, they're not a playoff team, but they could play they could play spoiler. They're not a bad team. They've won some games as of late, and then of course Lone Star and Wakeland. Yep. They play each other for you know a playoff spot. I, it's not for certain if uh, the loser of that game is eliminated, then you'd have to hope for a reedy loss to Heritage. Uh, so either Lone Star or Wakeland, one of them is going to become a massive Heritage fan for for the night, <laughs> um, and the, just it could be. It could be crazy, but you know, assuming Reedy wins, takes care of business, they've beaten uh, Heritage already this season. They win, then comes down head to head, Lone Star Wakeland, and imagine this: Wakeland, the back-to-back -back district champion, left out of the playoffs in 2019. The following season, similar to Frisco Centennial Boys Soccer, mm -hmm. won district last year, returned a, a good amount of their guys, finished fifth in the district. I'm not saying this district is as good soccer-wise. Uh, as you know, in this all Frisco district, but it's it's pretty dang good, pretty dang good. Centennial, they have uh, their murderers row is they call them the bomb squad. Um, it's it's an actual thing. It's all over Twitter. That's all they talk about in the press box there at Centennial, and they 
they from two through six they have girls that have looking at the stats they have girls six seven multiple eight just home runs okay. it's it's absurd they they are they are a power hitting squad and I, I don't know who's going to win well, so, t- tomorrow night. Centennial beat Independence the first time, thirteen to ten. But Centennial is coming off a game last week. They had a fifteen to nothing lead against Wakeland, and then they lose nineteen to sixteen. Oh my god! It's absolutely <laughs> nuts. They had fifteen <laughs> runs after the first inning. So this district is is mind blowing. Okay. Um, you know, so you could have a team. They scored fifteen runs in an inning, and then only scored one run the rest of the game. Yeah, I, I I don't know. How did that happen? <laughs> Wasn't there? I I saw it all over Twitter, and I just I was like, "What? That's not real." It keeps me away. That's a lie. <laughs> you are lying to me right now. But yeah, so you could have a team uh, theoretically. So Lone Star and Wakeland, they're mm-hmm. playing for that final playoff spot. Both those teams have beaten Centennial. Well, Wakeland had the the. Yeah, I'm now confused. Wakeland, yeah, so Wakeland beat Centennial last week, so Lone Star beat Centennial last week. You could have two teams that beat the top team, potential district champion. One of them might not even make the playoffs. So, I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. Tomorrow night should be should be interesting. So we'll at least split the difference. I won't ask you to tell me who's going to win the district title just so you don't draw the ire of either fan base tomorrow night. But there are three teams that are in contention for those last two playoff spots. Which two do you think get in between Reedy, Wakeland, and Lone Star? Reedy gets in. They've proven to win some big games this year, and they have on paper the easier matchup, obviously. Mm-hmm. But Lone Star, they're they're playing with you know uh, a bit of a chip on their shoulder because they lost to Reedy a couple weeks ago, and the I was at chip that game. On the shoulder. You see, you know that chip on the shoulder is getting bigger and bigger, and you know it's turning into a boulder. They're, <laughs> they're looking to eat it, you know tomorrow night. Because I talked to Coach Tom uh, Tom Thuman uh, after they lost to to Reedy a couple weeks ago, and he said, "Hey, we got to win out. Plain and simple, we got to win out." And I looked, and I was like, "Man, y'all got to play Centennial. Y'all got to play Wakeland. Y'all got to this. That's much easier said than done." But they are doing just that. Okay. And so, I, no offense, Wakeland, but I'm I'm picking I'm picking Reedy, Lone Star, three and four. Okay, there you go. Whoever comes out of that district will draw District 10-5A. That district looks like it's fairly cut and dry right now as far as the order of finish. Uh, right now, um, I said no drama. You have McKinney North undefeated at the top of that district at 9-0. Two games ahead of Lovejoy at 7-2. and uh, Denison 5-4. and Wiley East 3-5. and um, Over in 11-5A. JT, man, we might get some Carrollton Farmers Branch love in the playoffs. Yeah, we you, will. You, you, <laughs> might, uh, you got mighty Creekview, man. The Lady Mustangs are absolutely rolling right now. 13-0. Yeah. and 0. Um, They've run-ruled eight consecutive opponents. They're averaging over 14 runs per game in district, just lighting it up out there in that district. And then you have tied for, uh, at least, I guess, entering last night, tied for second. You have Highland Park and um, Woodrow Wilson. Those two are also in the playoffs. And then you got Newman Smith battling with, uh, with Adams, Brian Adams for that last playoff spot. They're both 7-6. and six. Um, Newman Smith does, however, have the 2-0 edge over, um, over Adams. And heading into, uh, into Thursday, they both have very winnable games. Newman Smith playing rival R.L. Turner. Um, and then Adams going up against Thomas Jefferson. So form holds. Newman Smith gets that last mm-hmm. playoff spot. Yeah, you mentioned Creekview being on a roll. They're up to 14th in the state, and you know, wow, only three, okay. lo- three losses on the year. One of them was to Adeline, who's ranked, I think, second or th- maybe third in Ooh. 6A. So, um, 
really good season for them. And you mentioned the role they're on. It's pretty impressive, you know, the second and third place teams, Highland Park and Woodrow Wilson. Mm -hmm. The first time Creekview played them, they beat each of them. Uh, they beat Highland Park by two and Woodrow by one. And then they come back the second meetings and they beat both of them by ten, ru ten runs. So really turning it up over the second half. And wanted to give some love to their junior, K.K. Larkin. She's having, mm -hmm. kind of like you mentioned, Lauren Lucas. She's doing it in all areas. She's hitting 610. She has a 226 ERA and 113 strikeouts. So she's among the area's best in batting average and in the uh, pitching st statistics. So she's definitely um, looks like she's on her way to the 11.5A MVP honors and hoping to get the Mustangs mm -hmm. back on a nice little playoff run here. Right. Looking at that district, though, it's not necessarily a softball Murderers Row? Yeah. I mean, you got some of the Dallas schools. Highland Park, they've really not been a softball school. Not, up to, the, not, not up to the level of their other sports. S still not trying to discredit Creekview. You know, it's that's still amazing. You yeah. know, what they're doing, they're pounding mm -hmm. these teams. They're, they're, doing, what they they're they doing what they should be doing. Like I said, when you look at their non-district, though, True. they were competitive against some, some good teams. Mm -hmm. so. True. Hopefully that doesn't come to bite them in the playoffs, though, after you know playing yeah. all these non-competitive games for the last month. So we'll see. Speaking of our, so let's round this out with a look then at District 13-5A. We just mentioned Forney a while back, and obviously Forney, you know, I believe they're still top-ranked team in 5A. I mean, they're just absolutely lording over this district. They are undefeated. They will be the top seed there, um, their rival. Actually, the new number one in to the TGs, TGCA poll is Angleton. Okay. Forney's actually coming in at fourth now. Fourth, well, Forney, nevertheless, going to be on that yeah. radar as far as teams Certain, that are certainly. looking to uh, to repeat as a uh, as a state champion. Um, Forney, though, taking care of business in District 13-5A. They are 12-0. Rival North Forney is in second place at 9-2. Uh, Mesquite Poteet. So that'll make uh, two Mesquite area teams that are bound for the playoffs. The Lady Pirates are in third place. Got that seed locked up at 7-4. And, four. and um, Terrell. At five and six, so not a again, not a whole lot of drama down the home stretch there. Just looking over some of the uh, just your the base level scores for this uh, for Poteet. I mean, like I said, it's it's a district that is ruled by Forney, so you know Poteet has losses of you know eleven to one and whatnot, and seventeen zero to Forney. But then you look at how they've handled the rest of this district. You've got their last two games twenty to zero over rival West Mesquite, and then twenty four to zero last night against Lancaster. Wow. They've got other scores. Let's see. If twenty-two to thirteen over Kaufman, who I would pity any reporter had to cover a game that <laughs> that long. Um, let's see. You got ten zero over Terrell, uh, twenty-one to six over Lancaster, twenty-eight to nine over West Mesquite. So just some really lopsided games yeah. in that district. <laughs> Once you get to twenty runs, they should just call it right there. They shouldn't. Well, you <laughs> just had a game that was fifteen-zero in the first That's inning. That's true. And you never know, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> never mind. Forget what I just said. Let's rewind fifteen seconds. Yeah. And um, and yeah, that'll uh, that's a look at at least where things stand heading into the final night of the regular season. Should be uh, should be some fun times, and that'll uh, that'll do it for this edition of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast. We will pick it up with more softball to start next week because we will know who all the playoff teams are going to be. We'll know the matchups, we'll know everything. So we'll just do a uh, playoff preview to start uh, to kick off next week. Otherwise, folks, hey, it's been Matt Welch of Star Local Media, Brian, Justin. Appreciate you guys for tagging along, folks. Enjoy the rest of your week, and we will talk to y'all later. Looking to hire top talent in your community? Look no further than StarLocalJobs.com. Our platform is specifically designed to connect local employers with qualified candidates in their area. With StarLocalJobs.com, you can easily post job listings tailored to your specific needs and requirements. Our platform is user-friendly and offers a wide range of options to help you find the perfect candidate for your open position. 
Plus, our job matching algorithm ensures that your listing is shown to the most relevant job seekers in your area. But that's not all, StarLocalJobs.com also offers a variety of resources to help you throughout the hiring process. From candidate screening to interview tips, our team of experts is dedicated to helping you find the right fit for your company. So why wait? Join the thousands of satisfied employers who have found their ideal candidate through StarLocalJobs.com. Post your job listing today and start building your dream team.